This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson. Hello, can you believe it? This is it, the last episode of Relish for the Year. In this ep, I go to one of the most highly qualified people to help us out with a bit of a wrap of 2023 when it comes to dining and drinking. Herald Sun food and wine editor Cara Monson will play it all back and share her hits and misses with us. Also, in a year of openings, closures, milestones and celebrations, Joseph Abud has had a little bit of all of the above. I'll ask him how it's been moving his iconic restaurant roomie to a new East Brunswick home, opening a new venue in the Rocket Society and releasing a new book to boot. And in Eat, Drink, Do Melbourne, well, there's a bit of a New Year's wrap for those of you who haven't bothered organising anything yet, but know you'll get serious FOMO if you do indeed stay home. I've got options from Stella Restaurant and Bar, Stokehouse Restaurant and Bar, Pippi's Kiosk and Sorrento's Continental Hotel. All that is coming up in this, the last Relish podcast for 2023, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. Relax with us and all your favourite songs. Easy music means all the songs you love from the 60s, 70s and 80s. Easy music, 3MP. Well, can you believe it? Here we are at the final episode of Relish for the Year. And what a year it's been. I tried to think about who would be best placed to help with a bit of a review of 2023. The food and drink news, the highlights, just those memories. And I could think of no one more qualified than the food and wine editor from this city's biggest selling newspaper. Cara Monson from the Herald Sun joins me now. Cara, welcome. Oh, thanks, Kate. What an introduction. Well, you know, it's all you, isn't it? I love it. Um, Now, you would see, you would eat and you would drink more than pretty much every one of us, I would say. So can I, like, throw some rapid-fire questions at you so we can just tick off a bit of a list for the year? Oh, sure, Kate. I'm ready for it. All right. I'll keep it broad to begin with because then I'm going to drill right in and be really mean to you and make you come up with specific examples. But if we just think 2023, what do you reckon? Did it deliver when it comes to the world of food? Oh, look, 2023 was a very challenging year for many, including for those in Hospo, but for the diners as well. But it was also really rewarding, and I'm dubbing it the unofficial year of the pop-up, the collab, and the comeback. So it was the year where we saw chefs just throw paint at the wall to see what stuck, and some of the most exciting places that I've loved uh, in 2023 would be places like Mahob by Amak, which is a pop-up, uh, a Cambodian pop-up uh, in a pub in yes. Hawthorne, which has yep. done incredible things. Uh, we've seen a French Saloon, which was a loved Melbourne restaurant, sort of come back after COVID and then just keep the ground running. I mean, I'm still thinking about their Comte Gorgers and uh, Pouille Sume wine. Um, and then we've seen places like uh, Muna in Connaware in Geelong and They've just done incredible things when it comes to really great produce, really hyper-local seafood and an impressive wine list match. So 
yeah, I feel like 2023 has been a great year and I'm excited to see what 2024 has in store. Yeah, so a bit of a mixed bag and it's interesting, isn't it? Like Moona, that I would say that's completely slipped under the radar when we think about, you know, the, the sort of broader uh, dining public, but that is probably that higher end. If I was to say to you, um, what's been your most impressive high-end dining experience this year, what would you say? Oh, without question, it has to be Voudemont. And Voudemont's back after that $3.8 million reno where they've completely, um, I suppose, I wouldn't say they've done a complete overhaul, but they've definitely tweaked things on level 55 with the Rialto. And they've just made it that little bit better than it already was. It was already an incredible dining experience. But it's one of those places that you go to that just isn't about dinner not just about what comes out on the place, although that's a very important part of it, mm. but it's about the people. It's about the wine. It's about a celebration of Australia. And, of course, you've got Melbourne showing off in her glittering glory um, from that beautiful view on Level 55. But it's just, I suppose, it's that all-round sort of dining experience experience and I know it's expensive and I know people are probably going to be a little bit strapped uh, for cash getting there anytime soon but if you're saving up put it on the list and make sure you go for it. Yeah no it's a great point you know my neighbours went just last week and I said how was it and and exactly like you said you kind of know or you assume that food is going to be great but they said Kate we felt like celebrities you know because of the way they treated us just you know a couple from Williamstown going out for a special dinner that's not what we felt like we felt like the most important people in the room and everybody in that room will have so a very good call there. Um, Now I'm going to be a bit cruel here Cara, it feels it because for the amount of meals you would have out, I don't even know how you would keep track of this but could you pick a number one dish of the year for you? Oh goodness it's like asking a parent what their favourite child is, it's so hard but I I feel like while we're on the while we're talking Boudamond, it would have to be the food macadamia caviar and kelp oil dish which I reckon would put dishwashers out of the job because every last bit <laughs> of that bowl was licked clean. It was an absolute delight. It's kind of like a macadamia mousse when it's all mm. nutty and creamy and buttery in flavour, but then you hit with this whack of umami from the caviar and kelp oil. It's it's one of those dishes that you'll be thinking about months gone by after eating it. But also there are some honourable mentions and I feel like we need to give a shout out to Joe Barrett who's doing yeah. wonderful things down at Little Picket in Lawn. Her honey lacquered halloumi is something that you can eat without squeak. It's uh, got that texture to it that is so foreign to what you would be familiar with from the supermarket buy. So it's so it's just one of those things that you will not even like it's so unique. It's so unique and delicious and I definitely feel like we need to give props to Joe out there. But then I'm also partial to Shooter McGavin's hot honey fried chicken and biscuit sayer. Like that is something that's very uh, very affordable, very accessible and I think about it day to day. Well, and I love that you're uh, covering the full gamut there too, Cara. I think you've gone from, you know, the highest end we have at Viewdemond uh, right down to the Lord and Bowls Club. So I love it. We will put those on the list and I will start saving to get to Viewdemond. What about if we talk about, you know, not to be mean or anything, but, you know, you do get those Eddie Everywhere dishes, right, where you kind of go, holy cow, is every restaurant in Melbourne, no matter where they sit doing this dish? What, what did we see almost too much of this year? 
goodness, can we please be done with some cured fish dishes? Like, like I understand their purpose. I love them as well. But I think it was just like in, in 2022 when Burrata was having a moment. Yes. Like you can go to every restaurant every single week and without a doubt, it's either Burrata, a cured fish of some description, like a tuna tartare or a kingfish sashimi or ceviche. But what, what I'm loving seeing is chefs actually take that concept and then just make it a little bit different. And I actually really applaud chefs who are doing that, um, whether they're sort of tricking it up to be a bit more modern or whether they're just using a completely different ingredient to take it to a new level. So I, I do applaud the creativity there. But I think at the moment we're also seeing a lot of sandwiches. I know that there's yes. a lot of sandwich shops out there. We all love a nice banger, but... I feel like everyone is opening one at the moment, whether it's in the city, in the suburbs and the regions. And zucchini flowers in season, um, but I feel like the last five restaurants I've been to, they've been <laughs> on the menu. So, yeah, but, but they're great. I mean, we've got to love them when they're in their season. No, I like it. And I think, yes, yeah, so if you're going to give us raw fish, give us a tweak to have a little bit of fun with it. Um, speaking of fun, you know, we, we've talked about those high-end ones. We've talked about some favourite dishes. But what about an overall experience? What was your most fun dining experience in 2023? One of the most left-of-field experiences I had, uh, which was also a riot of fun, was uh, Molly Rose's check. table. Now, for those who don't know Molly Rose, it's actually a brewery in Collingwood and they do incredible beer but most recently they've opened a fine dining sort of restaurant out the back and it's not overly expensive but it's a set menu where you'll be served a number of different dishes alongside beer and I really enjoy that degustation part of it but what was most surprising is the chef there is making some really clever dishes that you wouldn't expect to pair well with VR. There was one from memory, uh, he was doing a, a tagliatelle a seaweed a pecorino number, which was, you know, there was foam and there was like fresh pasta and it was all wacky things going on with this plate of food, but it was just phenomenal and it caught me by surprise. So definitely put that one on the list too, Kate. Okay, love it. And decent value, that one. I reckon I remember reading your review and going, I must go here. This sounds stupendous and like it's not going to break the bank. Yeah, it was definitely very affordable. Like I don't think I would have paid... Um, you know, triple digits for it at all. I think it was really great value. Um, all right, great. So uh, we're going to run out of time, but I really want to because I know you are extremely knowledgeable about and serious about your wine. So surely you will have given someone the gong for the best drinks list this year. Oh, best drinks list. I, I feel like it is tricky to decide because we are very spoiled here in Melbourne, but I really did enjoy the list at Enoteca Boccaccio yes. in Baldwin. They're above uh, Boccaccio Cellars and uh, the Boccaccio Grocers there. And it's a great list isn't just about having the most expensive drinks or, you know, the most fanciest cocktails. It's about range and variety. And I think that Enoteca just nails this uh, because there's just something for everyone, whether you drink or you don't. But if you do love wine, like I do, they know exactly what buttons to push. There are things on the menu where you can get a quick glass of proper champagne from the champagne region, but under $20, you've got, you know, you can really push the boat out and get proper 
Barolo or Burgundies, or you can even get a nice classic cocktail. So they're really, they're really nailing it there. Yeah, I think when the restaurant is also the importer, and I think from memory, um, quite a few of those wines actually come from owner Anthony Danner's per, uh, personal cellar. So, you know, it, it's an amazing list that he has hand chosen. So no doubt. Um, we will need to wrap in a second, Cara, but I can't go into a, a, a new year without asking you, what's the one to watch for 2024? What are you most excited about that's on the horizon? There's a few, few people doing some great things next year. I feel like Chris Lucas looks to be opening his new French restaurant finally uh, next year called Batard, which is at the top of Burke Street. Uh, but then we've also got Karen Martini, who's opening up um, as the culinary director at Johnny's Green Room. So yeah. I think to see what she's going to do next year. And I reckon we also keep an eye on George Calambaras down at Hotel Cemento. I feel like there might be some exciting things coming out of there. Mate, there is never any shortage of exciting things happening across the food and drink world in, in Melbourne and you keep us right on top of it. Cara Monson, food and wine editor for the Herald Sun newspaper, thank you for all your fabulous reviews this year. I know everyone I know who loves food uh, reads them and, and inspires the rest of us uh, to help plan our best eating and drinking lives. I hope you have a great New Year's and we look forward to enjoying your work in 2024. Thank you so much. Well, thanks so much, Kate. It's been a pleasure and happy new year to you too. All right, thank you. Don't go anywhere. There's plenty more to come on this, the last episode of Relish for the Year, thanks to Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson. Well, 2023 was a year of change for many, of milestones, of openings and closings. And my next guest kind of managed to get a taste of all of the above. As late in 2023, Joseph Abood closed the doors to the Ligon Street home of his 16-year-old iconic restaurant, Rumi, but only briefly before he just opened the doors to its new home in East Brunswick Village. Not only that, but he and wife Nat have opened a new bar in Rocket Society. And, you know, they just released a book for good measure as well. Why not? I'm exhausted just thinking about it. He joins me now. Joseph Abood, welcome. Are you limping into 2024 a little? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, limping is a great way to put it. It's uh, <laughs> dra- dragging, dragging the other leg, I think. Oh, mate, it was exhausting just saying all of that. Now, I guess it, it must have been a tough decision. How did you make the call to move after such a big innings, you know, a, a much-loved restaurant in a much-loved spot? Was, was it a tough call? Oh, absolutely. But we knew, we knew for a long time that our lease was going to be up. So we, we knew that we had to find a new home and we looked a lot for a long time. Uh, we actually went about three years without a lease. Uh, the, the the premises that we were in were destined to be knocked over and, and redeveloped. Um, and so many conversations with many people, but in the end um, we spoke to the guys that are running East Brunswick Village and it was a, a great combination of um, their commitment to the project and, and us and, and it fitting what we what we needed. Yeah, great. And because I'm not in that part of town, Joseph, so for people who aren't sort of around there, tell us about what is East Brunswick Village? So East Brunswick Village is a new development of, it's about 10 buildings all up, but uh, at the heart of it is a, is, a, is a new retail precinct, which has, it's already got a cafe, which has been there for a long time. We've just moved in. We have, so we have Rumi the restaurant, we have an event space um, attached to us, uh, and we've just opened the Rocket Society, which is a wine bar that's on sort of inside the village. Um, there's Bridge Road Brewery, which is next door to us. They've got a massive new brew house and, and pub there. 
and uh, a cinema called FOMO is moving in just across the road as well. So it's um, it's on Nicholson Street, so it's a, it's outside the traditional sort of Ligon Street um, and Sydney Road sort of busier precincts. Yeah. But we see it as a bit of a uh, an opportunity to recreate. So you know when we got to Ligon Street East Brunswick, nothing was there. You know there was a brothel three doors down. So uh, it wasn't exactly the bustling strip <laughs> that it is now. Uh, we created the village there, so uh, we're hoping to create another one. Just keep it going. Now, you have such a loyal and such a passionate following at Rumi. I assume they've well and truly followed you across. What's been the reaction to the new venue? Uh, overwhelmingly positive. Uh, you know, you're always going to have a few people who have some sentimental feelings about the old space and things, but uh, we're confident that we'll win them over because at the end of the day, you know, we, we are Rumi, not not the bricks and mortar. Yes. So, you know, uh, we love... We love we love the new space that we're in. It's so much more functional and we've designed it to our spec. But um, at the end of the day, we, we, we are roomy. Yeah, so. I was going to say, and so when you say that, I assume it will have been pretty important for you for the menu to feel familiar for diners. Is, is that what you've done in terms of, you know, the, yeah. the menu in the new space? Definitely, uh, you know, we tossed and turned about, you know, what do we do? Do we have a revolution or, you know, and, and at the end of the day, it's it's very easy to get caught up in those things. But... We're here for the customers and the customers and our guests want that menu. So doing it, so changing that would be something to do with our own ego and and entertainment, which is probably uh, unwise as well as unnecessary. So, um, you know, hence hence the Rocket Society gives us an outlet to to muck around with those things. And our, our guests that have loved us for so long who do want something different, we're already noticing now people drop in there beforehand and they'll have a snack and then they'll come and finish dinner in, in the restaurant. So um, we, even though we're not making a conscious effort to join the two, they are sort of um, being used in, in conjunction. And so those people that want something different can can go to, to the Rocket Society. And, you know, it's a strict no cheese cigars in the Rocket Society, uh, no no cauliflower, no lamb shoulder. So okay. I was you know, going to say, so tell me about it because I've been on social media, I've been drooling at some of the things I've seen coming out of the Rocket Society and it sounds like it's a little bit different day into night. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, first and foremost, you can't get anything from Rumi in the Rocket Society. That's been a very, it's a very clear, very distinct. Otherwise, they'll just morph into the yeah. same yeah. thing by default. And that's really not what we what we want to do. Um, so during the day, the idea is that it's, you know, um, casual, easy, come and get a little sandwich. We're doing these small Lebanese flatbread sandwiches. They're eight bucks. You know, most people can't have just one. Some people do, and I'm fine with that. But the idea is that you have a couple and, you know, you try a couple of different flavours and that sort of thing. Um, and then in the afternoon, it's a little bit snacky. Then in the evening, we maybe get a little bit more serious with with what we're doing with the food. Um, but uh, a big focus is the drink, uh, yeah. which hasn't been a focus of Rumi. So this is a, a great opportunity for us to um, have a different uh, a different appeal to a different different part of the, the neighbourhood, actually. Yeah, and it's so funny. I literally, I, you're talking and, and I'm remembering the flatbreads that I have seen on social media and I'm so hungry oh, yeah. right now. So the focus is oh, the yeah, drink. Right. Oh, oh, honestly, they, they, they looked insane. I, I on, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit unwell now. I'm, I'm so hungry <laughs> picturing it. So the focus is the drink there at Rocket Society. What are you doing with the drinks menu? Uh, so the drinks, the spectrum of wine that we're offering is really focused on being able to have without food. So not many really big, bold uh, wines, lots of natural wine, lots of really young and fresh wine, big focus on local, 
Um, and then we're sort of roping in places like Lebanon, uh, you know, southern Mediterranean, Georgia, e eastern sort of countries uh, that aren't the, the normal wine growing or the, the expected normal wine growing regions, um, but that have a very close link to to sort of Lebanese, Phoenician, Eastern culture, which is, you know, people don't think of wine coming from there anymore for, for religious reasons or whatever, but, you know, that, that is really the birthplace of wine. So we're trying to give a bit of a nod to that as well. Now, because you haven't already had enough on your plate, you then just went and released a book. What was that experience like for you? Um, that experience was quite uh, cathartic, um, looking back at it now. Uh, you know, there's, there's lots of hints and tips and uh, encouragement to to use the book and to have the confidence to cook and uh, I didn't realize it at the time but ultimately uh, it sort of reflected I'm not a very confident cook I really like to practice things and really get my head around them then I can then I can do them so um, that was uh, a very interesting uh, part of part of that journey but it, they weren't all supposed to line up but you know this is just the way it happened you know the book was supposed to be released at a certain time the restaurant opened at a different time the rocket society opened a different time again but it all just sort of got rolled into one in the end um, it's interesting hearing you speak joe you know I, I i can't imagine what a massive year or more it will have been i know there's been more that that will have gone into all of the above but then hearing you talk about the restaurant and what you're doing and particularly hearing you talk about the bar it does sound like you are also still having fun with it. Is it, you know, are you enjoying yourself now that it's all up and running and, and you get to actually just kind of do it? Uh, almost, almost. <laughs> we're still, we're still uh, finding our feet. Um, it's amazing the things that you rely on muscle memory, like finding the dustpan and broom. You know, everyone's always looking for the dustpan and broom. <laughs> it seems to be the most sought after piece of equipment in the whole place. Does anyone know where it is? It's like, yeah. yeah if know, it's not where it's meant to be, and there. when you're in a new place, like I go, if it wasn't where I know where it is on the washing machine, yeah. then I would be completely lost. You're in a whole new building. That's right. So it's like that, right? But so I, I bought a, a red one for Rocket Society and a green one for Rumi and, and a white one for the kitchen. So everyone knows, everyone knows which one's theirs now. So uh, yeah, but it's it's feeling better every single day. And it absolutely feels like we made the right decision. Amazing, amazing. Joseph Abood, owner and chef at the iconic Rumi restaurant and now also half of the team behind Rocket Society. It, it's a brilliant move. It's one you had to do, but, you know, it, it's great to see how confident you are. You've found the right place. You spent that time to make sure you were somewhere where you guys could grow, where people could enjoy themselves and see lots of other things alongside it. I know lots of people will be dying to see the two new venues. We'll send them to rumirestaurant.com.au to plan that visit. Congratulations and thank you so much for chatting to me today. Thanks for having me. That's been great. Thanks, Joe. Stick around. This is the last edition of Relish. So it's the last edition of Eat, Drink, Do Melbourne coming up on Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. For lovers of easy music, it all adds up. DAB Plus is the innovation to your favourite station, Easy Music 3MP where the music is nearer and clearer in stereo right across Melbourne. There is more 3MP to love by upgrading your radio to DAB+. Change the way you listen to 3MP. There is more to love on DAB+. Find out more at 3mp.com.au. Well, for the last time this year, I've still got a couple of things to share with you that you might like to eat, drink or do with a focus on New Year's Eve and the start of the summer season ahead. We'll start with New Year's and let's be honest, there are heaps of offerings around town, way too many for me to mention. 
But a couple of standouts maybe. Stella Restaurant and Bar opened with a bang this year on Chapel Street and they'll be hosting both an exclusive New Year's Eve dinner with bookings available from 5.30 to 9.30pm and separately they're having a pretty cool sounding New Year's Eve rooftop party with tickets that include four hours of free-flowing drinks and canapes right up there on the rooftop. For more detail, you can head to stellarestaurantbar.com. What about a seaside celebration at Stoke House in St Kilda? There are two options on offer there as well. You can go all out with a fine dining experience with an unbeatable Stoke House restaurant upstairs view that includes a four-course meal, a welcome drink and canapes on arrival or down at sand level, you can have a bit of a humbler experience at Stoke House Pasta and Bar, still pretty special with a four-course shared menu featuring both signature and exclusive off-menu dishes and that again will start with a welcome drink drink and some antipasti too. To grab all the details and check out the prices, head to stokehouse.com.au slash Melbourne. And still sticking by the sea, how about ushering in New Year's on the Albert Park foreshore with a relaxed beachside vibe at Pippi's Kiosk? These guys have had rave reviews for their seafood-led menu and New Year's Eve will be no different. They are offering to celebrate the season with a luxe seafood-focused four-course menu and that includes a champagne cocktail on arrival They've got two three-hour sittings on offer there and you can grab all the details by heading to the book page at Pippi's Kiosk, P-I-P-I, pippiskiosk.com.au. Or if you're hoping to head down the coast this summer, the crew at the Swish New Continental Hotel in Sorrento have plenty of options to keep you busy, watered and fed into the new year. You could kick off 2024 on the Sunset Terrace. They're doing an exclusive New Year's Day all-inclusive bottomless brunch. So that'll see you grab some food and drinks, uh, all-inclusive, 11 till 2, that's 125 bucks. Or if you're down for the week or so after that, from the 2nd to the 10th of Jan, you can get a ticket to the Conti Beach Club, which is on the Sunset Terrace as well. So each day from 2pm, 32 buck ticket will get you a Patron cocktail on arrival. Then just enjoy the live music, order freshly mixed drinks, watch the sun go down. For more on these or other events down there, head to thecontinentalsorrento.com.au. And just like that, we have done a full year of Relish episodes. A big thank you to you for listening. Huge thanks to the hospitality and tourism operators of Melbourne who share their stories with me and let the rest of us live our best lives. Uh, Big thanks to the fabulous team at 3MP who helped me get this show out each fortnight. I will take a little bit of a break, uh, but I'll be back at the end of January. Thank you so much for your support of the Relish podcast, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's Easy Music. 3MP. You've been listening to the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson. 